Sid. Hey, Brian. What's up? Oh, you know, same old, same. Doing great. <laughs> That's your update. Uh, I will never not love going to a good community event. That's fair. As tired as your gal can get, I feel like I am forever re-energized by being around, like, especially in a small intimate group. Yes. Um, is a much better, like, fit, I think, for us. And I'm going to include you in that. I would agree. I, okay, good. <laughs> so I know you I kind, kind of at this point. Um, I went to a panel recently um, that was called The Art of the Side Business from the local rock girl gang group. And it was just, it was it was a smaller event and it was just really awesome to hear about women talking about what their side business looks like, if they want it to stay a side business, if they want it to grow, um, and challenges that they face and how they support each other. And so there were a few things that I took away from the event that I wanted to share as my update because they really resonated with me and there were three like majors. And so Marissa from Hype Booth was talking about not invalidating ourselves and by like putting caveats around success or accomplishments Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, And just like reminding us like before, and she was also talking about like payment as well. Like if you're worth a price, don't invalidate yourself by not getting paid that. And she's like, I am down for partnerships. I'm down for like um, nonprofit work that, you know, maybe I'll do a discounted rate for them or something. But um, in in a lot of cases, I won't invalidate myself by like shortchanging what I, what I, um, what's the word? What I charge people for my business. And I really enjoyed that because it's just that reminder of like, people will always ask for something and if you continue to say yes to it then like you're just continuing to invalidate what you're worth um so true so true so i appreciated that like just reminder of that and actually um lynn phillips who runs sriracha says also talked about validation and she says she's on like a monthly call with um a really good friend of hers and they to quote her validate the s-h-i-t out of each other and because we're still not swearing here (laughs) um but i really loved that because it was just like this big moment of just reminding yourself like you have to have an accountability buddy and have a friend that you can like call up and just like gas each other up is a thing that I feel like we do almost unintentionally, but Mm -hmm. especially like when you need it to be able to call someone and be like, I'm, I'm having a moment. Like I just need you to remind me like what I'm bringing to the table and not be afraid to ask for that. And I think we should, like, it's okay to ask for that sometimes. Yeah. And I think we should more. Yeah. Like, I think that this affirmation is, like, a, it's a positive one. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I really like that. And the last one was actually Lynn, again, um, talked about a social media planning tool that she uses that I, like, am in desperate need of to just, like, wrap my head around this this game of social media um, and it's called plan p-l-a-n-n and as you know i'm like test driving it at the moment figuring it out looking at how it works and i think that paired with like my want to actually like do the pre-planning and not do everything on the fly will hopefully result in me like getting it together so those three major pieces were really cool and then jessica lewis from lalu pr was there and she had a lot of like great tidbits to share about the work that she does in communications and public relations and how she eventually wants to see it grow to a full time which i thought was also like 
crazy validating because I think, you know, some people want their side business to remain that way. Mm -hmm. And some people are like, how the heck do I get it like to the next level? Um, And so hearing from her as well was really great. Uh, And just hearing from people's questions that were like, I'm trying to do this thing. Like, how can you give me some advice on like how to do it better or differently or whatever Um, was just great to see so many people out there supporting. And there was a killer cheese board from Formaggio and Friends. Love that name. Oh, my gosh. It was so cool. We follow them on Instagram. (laughs) And they put together beautiful cheese boards. Um, Gotta get after that inspo. Yeah, it was really, really good. Uh, So that's my update is just continuing to, like you talked about, like what are you enjoying and how do we do more of it and what like fills up the gas tank a little bit. And this is one of the things that like continuously fills me up. And so I was really excited to be able to be there. Well, I feel like also just like a a branch out moment of like, this is a related thing and like something that I want, like people in the community that I've, admire and support and like to spend time with and to take the time out of your day to to go out and support those types of events is always super special absolutely and we should do more of it we should we should we should and i was sad to miss it i know but that's why i was there to fill you in after the fact yeah get the scoop a nice little tag team situation uh, what is your update this week, Brom? Well, uh, one of the things that we talked about in our motivation episode recently was I, I mentioned something around wanting to, like, continue the habit of journaling. Sure. But, like, was failing miserably. Uh-huh. I <laughs> and I was like, you know what the thing that I could probably do is that, like, checkbox of, like, am I doing this thing on a daily? And, like, check, check in the boxes and saying, like, what? what is the thing that's going to motivate me to do this mm-hmm. and also stay consistent? And so I'm reframing it more so as free writing Ooh. because that removes the pressure. I like that. Um, but I'm actually finding – I had a conversation uh, recently where um, my sister and I were kind of talking through some stuff and – I was like, I feel like some of the sessions that I had in therapy were, like, not helpful for me because I felt like she was just, like, affirming that, like, things were good and, like, giving me a thumbs up. And, and I was like, like things are not good. <laughs> I need you to tell me that the thing that I'm doing is not good. Like, I need you to give me a tool to fix this. Uh-huh. Which is, like, there are pros and cons to that. I think perhaps <laughs> I was not in the right situation or uh, therapeutic scenario. Yep. Uh, that was suited for me. I would agree. But I'm actually finding that writing things out are removing, I'm like realizing that a bad thing that I do is relying on other people to validate me. Oh. Exclusively. Oh. <laughs> okay. This took a turn. <laughs> so the free writing is helping me like acknowledge the things that I am doing well and the things that I can improve upon because I do focus a lot on, okay, you did this thing and here's how you can improve. Like, here's maybe a mistake that I made or here's like, this was a problem. How do I fix it? Mm -hmm. Which is great. Right. To be able to fix the thing that you've Like reflect on it. Yeah. Yeah. But when it's the only thing that I focus on, that's not good. I appreciate you talking about this because I think it is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I think it's really important to recognize 
the habit that you have and if this is the way that you could like see it in front of your face because as we know like seeing it and hearing it like re-solidifies it so being able to like read it internalize it as well as like sometimes say it out loud helps you be like oh my gosh this is all I'm doing yeah and that's so helpful in creating a path that helps you at least balance it out. So it's not the only thing, even if they're valid things that you're talking about to balance it out with the things that you know you're doing well or figure out how to tell yourself you're doing them well and like learn how to believe it is a great practice to start to get into, Mm -hmm. I would think. And it's not that I didn't know that like writing made me feel better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. We knew that. (laughs) It was more like, okay, how do I figure out how to do this consistently? Because I know there's a reason why like I had to kind of figure it out and like talk it out and kind of reframe the situation Mm -hmm. in order to get to this place where it's like oh just the like the act of writing out the things like treating it like a free writing session removes the like this is a journal entry we've talked about this before too right so like not feeling like I have to sit down and like write seven paragraphs long of information to like assess how I'm feeling right it's more of like what's in my head take it out of my head put it on paper and put it on paper and other times it's like here are the things you're doing great right now Mm -hmm. here are the things you're not doing so great right now I like that tactic too because it takes away like you said it takes away the pressure but it also like even if you have nothing that's like pressing it still gives you an opportunity to write about something. Yeah. And I think sometimes we wait until we're feeling super heavy about a thing to write it out because it helps release that energy, which is also very good. But if that's the only time that we're doing it, knowing that like the practice of doing it could be really helpful on an ongoing basis, then I like that tactic of, of taking a step back and taking that pressure off in that way. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm into that. Cool, cool. All right, give it to me straight. What are we talking about today? If you can believe it, <laughs> Man Repeller has read our minds once again. They and know like, what's up. Seriously, and like perfectly elo- and eloquently said what we've all been feeling about the BA Test Kitchen like YouTube channel. And so they wrote this- Truly relatable content. Really. Like, like- I think I read it twice and I was like, how do I just like feed it to myself? <laughs> like it was just so, it's like I just wanted it to live with me and yes. just guide me through my day. And so Haley, I think her last name is Muir, was the author of this article. And she had an opportunity to interview Claire Saffitz, who is one of our absolute favorite of the test kitchen. Um, she produces or stars in um, the series Gourmet Makes, which like is I mean, go down the rabbit hole of those. Like, there's a new one that just came out about making um, crinkle chips. Ruffles. Ruffles. (laughs) They crinkle in the middle. (laughs) Ruffles. She makes ruffles. Um, And Gourmet Makes is, like, she takes a a candy or a snack of some kind and recreates it gourmet. And it's, like, it's just mesmerizing. I can't tell you how much I just love it. Um, but we'll get into, like, what the piece was about, like, kind of later in the episode. But what it really drew on was this idea of authenticity and kind of centered around that feeling of being authentic, what that means, why it's so appealing that the BA Test Kitchen folks, especially Claire, are incredibly authentic. Like, 
and I think editing and like the video folks really deserve a lot of credit here as well because they could edit things differently to have none of that be seen, right? But they do such a fantastic job of letting us know like what's actually happening in these Mm -hmm. moments and not editing it out. Like they'll even say like, you can edit this out and we see it. So obviously it was not edited out. Um, And I think that the that the authenticity piece of things and um, based on like the popularity of this series and the YouTube channel as a whole, it seems to be something that like we're all actually low key craving for sure. <laughs> and in need of like talking about validation, like we, we were like, Oh my gosh, other people are imperfect. Like this is crazy. <laughs> um, Who knew? I know. And so today we're going to be talking about what it means to be authentic and how it can help us connect with people that are close to us or just around us and why it is so freaking hard to lean into like who we actually are. And it was one of these pieces that I feel like spawned so many other feelings, but like, right. But rooted in our favorite thing of the BA test kitchen crew. (laughs) And just great media content. Yes. That I could just eat up. Like it's, it's literally and figuratively. I need the PR, social media, communications professors of the world to like do a case study on this, like figure out like how to make magic happen on YouTube. <laughs> Cuz that's doing, what it did. They're doing it. That's what they did. Um all right, so are we ready to speak it queens? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Um we wanted to talk about the article itself um which again is a man, Repe- man Repeller article um, on Claire Saffitz, who is chef extraordinaire, BA Test Kitchen, Gourmet Makes. Go subscribe on YouTube. But we'll link to all of these things in our show notes at queenspeaking.com slash 94 so that you can read and enjoy. Uh, enjoy. Pause now. Read the <laughs> article. Come back. We'll do this together. Yes. Um, all right, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for taking that break with us. <laughs> so uh, really starting with why the article resonated with us so much. And obviously, in my case, uh, Claire and I are the same human being. That's so funny that you, I truly think you believe that. But like, I get a lot of Molly from you, too. I know Molly's one of your I faves. I love Molly Baz. Molly Baz is one of your faves. But I can see why you and Claire have a lot of, like, similarities I think, like, as well. mentally. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, like, when she is frustrated, like, I've seen the same look on your face. Yeah. For sure. Um, I'm totally joking, but also I did take a BuzzFeed quiz, and they told me that I was Claire. And so. those are always, always right. It's, it's proof. <laughs> um, but anyway, I found this so wonderful to read because it. I liked that it got into like some of the hard stuff about like Claire's actual story in the role that she's in yeah. at BA and uh, talked about what it's actually like making and filming the series and how it's challenging and time consuming and also makes for just spectacular content mm-hmm. for the internet and all of the people who uh, who follow them. Um, but I also like that it reads like a behind the scenes, like we're getting an inside look into the world of the BA Test Kitchen, which like in my life is the dream, everything I want, the actual freaking dream. Um, but it is like real. Yeah, there's stuff going on in the background as they're filming. Like no one slows down for the filming of this. There's no production. It's like what you see 
is what's happening and there's no fuss and no performance. Right. And there's so much beauty in the reality of what we're witnessing. Right. And it makes us feel like, oh, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, we're the same. I feel you. <laughs> And to have those experiences, for whatever reason, I feel like it's kind of lost on society a little bit right now. So to have content that actually pulls that, like, we're all humans. Right. And I think for me... Even though you're a fancy pastry chef. (laughs) You have mega skills in this area. (laughs) But, and I was telling you this a little bit ago, for me, I think I started cooking more fearlessly after watching the BA YouTube channel, specifically Claire's Gourmet Makes, because seeing someone who's so good at what they do fail so often and recover and come back and know that like, okay, I have to do this. Like I have to figure out a way to get this done. And like calling on help and calling out people to help. It was like, oh my gosh, even the best have moments of like extreme failure, extreme frustration, like trying something that they were sure was going to work and doesn't. And it made me feel like, okay, if if they can do this, then I can probably try and do this. A hundred percent. And it really, I feel like that was like my turning point in like my cooking adventures where I stopped taking it so seriously and just started doing it. Like stopped mm-hmm. overthinking it, stopped like being like everything needs to be perfect and everything needs to turn out great. Like if something is off, then I will fix it next time because I want to try again. And like, I've never, I mean, you've known me for how long and I have never been that way. And also, like, to just understand the underpinnings of a life lesson there (laughs) in what you said, where it's like, take that to your professional career and, like, everything that you do in life. Right. And remove the pressure of, like, having to have it perfect the first time you do something because, like, let's be real, no one's going to make a perfect Twinkie the first time ever. Sure aren't. And And you're not going to cook chicken the first time ever perfect. I sure am not. You're going to have to cut it open and if it's still pink put it back on the pan for maybe two more minutes and try it again and that's exactly and that's okay and And I think like it's much easier to fail in my kitchen by myself than it is at work but I think like we need to be creating a culture where it's okay to fail and that's like a whole other episode in and of itself so we won't digress but I think (laughs) like that is why this resonated with me so much is it made me remember that about why I like it so much and what it has actually done for me without me even really realizing it Um, The other thing I think that really resonated with me about reading this and then kind of like thinking about who Claire is and what she's done. And there was a a shift that happened somewhere in the last however many years this this series has been happening. But it went from like B.A. test kitchen chef Claire Savitz to uh, professional pastry chef Claire Savitz. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder what happened there. Like, maybe she doesn't work there anymore. And Lo and behold, she doesn't. She's not employed by Condé Nast that produces the Bon Appetit magazine and all of their stuff. Um, She quit her full-time role there to pursue a freelancing opportunity, but they still have her do this show because it's so obviously hugely popular. She's a big part of that team. Um, But I think that was a big moment for me. Like, you can quit a thing and still find a way to be a part of it. Be like, let's restructure my contract, friends. Exactly. And, like, being – and they talk about this in the article, like, she asked for that. She figured Mm -hmm. out a way to make that happen. Her boyfriend was like, you need to quit. Like you can't do everything that they're asking you to do. So quit and figure out how you can 
find a way to still be a part of it. Yeah. And I love that. I love that because that's never an option that I think is on the table. <laughs> like that's never an option that anybody tells you is still an, a, a thing that you might be able to do. Which is so crazy to think about where it's like, wait, can I do that? Yeah. And then you think about it and you're like, let's make a plan. Right. Right. Like, don't be pigeonholed by your fear and figure out a way to, like, work around it or work with it. Mm -hmm. And she did that. And I thought that this article spoke to that really clearly through both the interview process, but also the writing itself made that very clear. Um, And also, it just reminded me that you don't have to be on all the time to be well-liked. I mean, like... I think everybody at this point has assigned themselves a BA test kitchen chef, both in like personality or like cooking style. (laughs) And I think one of the things that you learn about Claire is that like, she's incredibly well liked by this community that's obsessed with this channel. And it's because she's real and like, she lets it rip and she like, lets you see like her ugly side sometimes like the like side that you're like, Whoa, I would never show anybody that I was like that pissed about a thing. And she did. And she, I think like that message of, of kind of, we have this tendency to want to be on and we want to like show people that we don't make mistakes and we don't mess up. And so, so you'll have to like me if I never make a mistake. Right. And this showed me that that is not necessarily true all the time, but also it doesn't have to be true at all. (laughs) Like you, you don't have to be on all the time to be someone that is um, able to connect with other people. Right. And that distance too, the like shutting down and, and stepping away is what will help make that connection stronger. Absolutely. In reality. But it's hard to see that when you're in the thick of it sometimes. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Uh, one of the things obviously that we like wanted to jump off point here with this is this idea of like authenticity and, and what it actually means to be authentic, which I think, you know, in, in true form of what we've been trying to do more of, which is continue the conversation about what we talk about mm-hmm. here. I think this is like a very short answer to a very big conversation. <laughs> Not to uh, put it so plainly, but we're like on the edge of a precipice of like a giant canyon of endless conversations yes. about this. And I truly feel like this, especially now, it comes up so much, uh, particularly in media and marketing and like a world I exist in pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. But I also find it to be such a difficult discussion point because it sometimes feels like authenticity has to be a thing that you choose to do. Right. Or like it's a, a personality trait yeah. to or you're be like, authentic. I'm being authentic. <laughs> like I'm super authentic. And it's like, by you saying that, I don't know if you are. Yeah. Like it seems like you're kind of on right now. And <laughs> but to me, it's like, you know, thinking about it more like not doing and just being. Yeah. Or being you is really the important part and not thinking about what it is that people connect to and just acting like ourselves and letting our guard down and like people can choose to be interested or not. Right. And that's okay. I think that's the hardest part is like that leaves people open to make the choice and that's super scary. Well, and it opens the door to vulnerability. Right. And someone could literally just rip out your heart and crush it. (laughs) It's not a thing that I'm worried about. Am I on the verge of tears or... (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. And like, I I agree with all of that. And I, as much as we can overthink a thing, 
letting go of what people might be thinking, like, you know, emphasis on the word might, because Mm -hmm. like, we really don't know. That's what being authentic, like really means to me in a personal sense if is just like letting go of that. And, and like you said, just being, but I think a scary part of that too, is figuring out what that means as well. Like what does just being mean for me versus what it means for someone else? And it's such a personal journey. I mean, even talking about what you've been working on of like figuring out what leisurely activities you actually like and ones that you're like, I hate this, but I still continue to do it for some reason. Like figuring out what that means also connects to like what it means to just be and to mm-hmm. just like figure out what that looks like for you versus and not thinking about what it means to, for someone else because that's none of your business and if they choose to tell you that's probably because they're your friend and they want to share with you but like if they're not or if they choose to keep it personal like it's none of our business to know mm-hmm. what that means for other people because why wouldn't we just be focusing on what that means for us? Exactly. Right? And also, like, there's no, there isn't a reality where it's appropriate to script your life. And I think there's a pressure societally. Right. Or, like, there's there's a viewpoint that that's a thing that people do. Mm-hmm. Or an assumption that that's a thing that people do. And it's cast this weird shadow on the the way that we connect with people. Yeah. Totally. And like the buzziness of, of that word now, I feel like is almost dangerous that we like went in this direction by using it. But I still think everything that becomes buzzy became buzzy for a reason. It's because people had, have been trying to either figure it out or focus on it or pick it apart to some degree. Totally. So we need to use it to figure out how to use it wisely. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, um, to, to kind of hit at this, like, theme of connecting to people around us and mm-hmm. meant going back to the the mention of social media I think a lot of people are craving the realness behind a brand or just people in general mm-hmm. <laughs> just a human whatever human and, <laughs> yeah and I think when that comes through in the things that we're seeing in the world it like it's more magnetizing and I think people are starting to realize like oh we don't need to like craft this perfect perception of what life is Mm -hmm. um and i i personally would like to see content shift in this direction i think mentally i need to be like an advocate for this yeah (laughs) and be like i will do the same let me do the same this is just the life that i'm living well and it's it goes back to what we talked about before right of like picking a pa- a passion is like not necessarily like a thing but a thing you care deeply about mm-hmm. and like the the process versus the thing itself and so i feel like you're becoming this person that really cares about it not just for you but for how it can also support the people around you that you love like not even making it a world movement you know like it has to start at home Mm -hmm. and I really like thinking of it in that way of like it's now become a necessity for the way that you operate and how can that have an effect on the people closest to you that are still struggling in this area and like how do you learn to talk about it so it can help other people in addition to the way it's been helping you and I think like that's where the seed is planted and that's where we start doing the work to to dig into not just I don't know the thing itself but what but what it can do for us Mm -hmm. too um 
you know, talking about social media, I totally agree with everything you've said. And I think about the accounts that I, I like most and the people that I follow or the things that I follow that I'm like, that I look forward to seeing their updates all the time. And it's, and it's not the best curated, but it is the most honest. Like I think about Deb from Smitten Kitchen and how she'll say like, oh, and like at this point in the demo, you will not focus your camera. And so for a whole slide, it will be an unfocused video in fast, fast forward of me trying to cut a potato. And it's just one of those things that you're like, I don't care. (laughs) Like like, just let's run with it. it. And it's just those things of like allowing yourself to be imperfect that helps people be like, oh my God, they're imperfect. Like, let me get more of that because I am also at my core, very imperfect. (laughs) And it's like any of the BA folks. And then even like local creatives and business owners, like being funny, not on purpose. And like just showing us like what your reality looks like. And to, to some degree also that resonates with like what my reality looks like. And so like someone else's real is great and but it won't always resonate with me because it's not like what my reality is. I appreciate the honesty, but it's not something that I always am like, ooh, I appreciate what they're doing. Right. But the ones that I feel like I gravitate toward most are the ones that I'm like, I am in that place as well. Like I am fully where you are. So seeing you be imperfect and like screw it up and use a swear word and like have it be okay. I'm like, okay, that's permission to allow the same reaction from myself and not beat myself up about it. Yeah. Right? I love it. And that's why these in-person events, I think, have become so popular with, like, the BA Best Week Ever thing. Oh, my goodness. Or Best Weekend Ever that they did was, like, hugely popular because people are like, I want a piece of that in person. Like, I want a piece of that, like, that person that I get to see on the screen and knowing, like, that's how they are. I want to meet that person. And it's the same with, like, the event that I went to like a couple weeks ago of like getting to see the people that I really admire from the internet in person and show me again how imperfect that they are. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're really this way. And this is so rad. Mm -hmm. And I, and I am excited to see those events happening that are like curated to some degree because it's an event. It needs to be organized, but still allowing the person in the seat that we're there to see be themselves and not ask them to be anybody else. Well, I feel like we all need to laugh at ourselves a little bit more. Like I think one thing I'm trying to lean into a little bit is like, it's okay to be just a smidge unbuttoned Mm -hmm. because like, let's be real. I try really hard, but I'm not perfect. And, like, to say that out loud is like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, like, talking about that, there was something I read today that, like, is, like, by the way, perfectionism isn't striving to be better. It's it's negative energy that we continue to tell ourselves that we're not good enough. Right. And, like, seeing that written out, like, we might know that to some degree, but seeing someone say, like, by the way, perfectionism is you telling yourself how crappy you are at this every single day Mm -hmm. that's what it is when you say that you're a perfectionist like you're telling yourself you're not worth it and you're not good enough and you can't do it all the time and I was like "Ooh, (laughs) how exhausting does that sound right but we do it yeah like that's the moment where you acknowledge like it's okay to be wrong sometimes it's okay to make a mistake and I'm gonna be a little silly because that's who I am I think about like the times that I've seen you and I I think I've said this on here before like when you're with Cindy and Cindy is like a masterful photographer and like catching 
sincere moments of joy with you specifically. Yes. And I always really appreciate that because like, firstly, she shares them all the time, yes. which is awesome. But it's like this chance to like see you like ear to ear, like the way that I get to see you like when we're laughing at a stupid thing. 100%. But like having it shared like that, I would think for you is like, oh, like people get to see like me, like let my hair down and like right. be the silly, like fun, loving, joyful person that you are, but allowing it to live like in the ether. In yeah and like how cool is that like so allowing like so i think like gassing people up we talked about like validating the shit out of each other like allow people to like show that side of you too and not you like i'm not pointing at you but like the you know bigger version of the you like for me as well like allow people in so they can show others that side of you or bring out that side of you and then share it out and so other people get to know that as well um and i think about like why is it so scary to be wrong and like why do we feel like being silly is a flaw like it's just one of these things that we've been conditioned to think these things maybe as women maybe as people maybe as millennial generation maybe it's just the world we're living in now yeah like gotta shake it seriously like it like it's so liberating to think about like maybe it's just you and me maybe (laughs) (laughs) if we're the only ones feeling this way please do us a huge favor and do not tell us that allow us to think that there are more people but I think that's why we started this right is like we were having these conversations thinking that maybe someone else feels this way and if they don't then this is like now people know that we want to be wrong sometimes and have it be okay (laughs) like Claire right like Claire it's so freeing to think about and it's talking about like it's okay to fail Mm -hmm. like if you're not part of a culture that's telling you it's okay to fail speak up and say like if i fail don't shame me and if i do it a lot maybe we have a problem but like allow me to sidestep and tell me how to get better at it and give me the like landing pad to fail a little bit like allow that to be okay or else i will fail and I won't ever tell anybody about it or I'll be so like tightened up from anxiety of fear of failing, then you won't get my best because I haven't been allowed to like screw it up. Yeah, like it's the element of psychological safety and like yes. have knowing there's a safety net there where someone's trust following you and you've got somewhere to go and knowing, hey, if I mess this thing up, it's not the end of the world. Right. Here's how I can mess it up in a way that will maintain all said relationships and like professional productivity, et cetera, and and things, relationships in your life that are positive. <laughs> so many avenues. All of that kind of stuff. <laughs> but thinking about having the freedom to be like, okay, everything is fine here. Here's what I'm trying to do. Here's my plan of action. And sometimes the plan doesn't work accordingly, but like, to think that if your plan doesn't work accordingly and everything breaks afterward, like, that's not good. Right, right. Like, your whole world crashes down because that thing didn't go well. That's, whoo, that's, that's a scary lot. place to live. And so if we all kind of, like, collectively embrace this idea of, like, it's okay to be afraid, but you don't need to be afraid because I'm here for you. Right, right, exactly. Like It's such an important piece of that growth opportunity that exists in 
letting it loose a little bit and thinking about like authenticity, like bringing it back. I think all of these things really feed into that because it allows us to be our most authentic self when we have the space to do all of those things. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's on the path toward that. And it's like, what's that self-actualization is the uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is like the top rung of that is self-actualization. And it's like this moment where you're like, I'm okay and I'm going to fail and I'm going to get up and I'm going to have someone there. Hopefully will like help me out a little bit when that happens, but I'm okay. And Mm -hmm. like, I think that that's a, a, a very like, um, it's at the top for a reason. (laughs) There's a lot that needs to happen before you get to that point, but knowing that that does exist and knowing that we know people and we know of people who have figured out a way to get to that place. Like we, can make it okay for ourselves to work at getting to that place too. And it all has to be from a place of, like you said, like safety and acknowledgement that like not everything is going to be perfect and that like it's okay to sidestep. It's okay to fall backwards. It's okay to do those things um, as long as we see that it doesn't have to be the end of it. So, yeah. So uh, should we talk about like what we're afraid of? (laughs) I feel like we kind of did. Did we? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) We covered it. Uh, And I I think uh, just the world that this, like, being authentic exists in allows us to try and figure out and map out, like, what the reality is of, like, this taking shape in, like, us just being ourselves. And, like, that's, like, removing the fear. Right. Of, like, we could be afraid of everything. Right. We might be afraid of everything. We very much might be. And that's okay. (laughs) But, like, what is it that we can do on a daily basis to, like, channel Claire Saffitz? Yes. On the BA Test Kitchen Gourmet Makes. I think that, That's like, what I want to think about every day. I really think I need to think about that every day, though. Like, in a healthy way. I think I need to think about, like, why I like that so much and why I liked this article so much. Like, what did that mean? Why did it resonate so like profoundly within me and like lean into those pieces, like writing it out, rereading it, figuring it out and like allowing it to continue to like bloom within and, and move forward with acknowledging those things. I love it so much. It's exciting. We want to keep talking about this too, because I think this is like the epitome of like the the chasm of content yes thousand percent yeah <laughs> so large so uh we'll continue that on uh instagram at queen underscore speaking yeah shall we break let's break